woke up in a lucid dream. Now we're hunting for the shards. We might be an oddball team, but at least we've got no What's up, everyone? I'm Pedro, the GM and creator of World Walkers, a weekly podcast that follows the hilarity and hardships of a group of world-hopping adventurers trying to save existence. The World Walkers are about to come face-to-face with the consequences of their actions. But do they have what it takes to say goodbye one more time? Find out in the season finale of World Walkers. Anyways, the group is in mourning, uh, and... Oh, Bravo Stone, yeah, he's dead. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> tough Stone. break, tough break. Wait, I think uh, we're like, I think we haven't even gotten to the point of mourning yet. I think we're like still, I think, I think Roborta's still processing. <laughs> processing. Um. <laughs> 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 File time. Brother.exe not found. No, no, no. It's more like it's like dragging rubblestone.txt oh to recycle bin. Oh no. Oh no. Permanently delete files. Yeah. Would you like to empty recycle bin? Yes. The mouse just hovers. <laughs> but it's like a, like an old Windows where you could like replace the mouse icon so it's a little like pixelated uh, Ertle squeak. Oh, yes. that's that's a small mercy of uh, being forged that you know they're just one hard drive wipe away from you know their youthful bliss. That's not how that works. <laughs> Let me, you seem a little bit testy, Ted. Let me just drag this Nina dot file. No. To, uh... <laughs> you seem yeah. You seem a little upset, Tim. Did you miss your last driver update? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why don't you compile for a while? If that's a term, let's defrag some of that. Memory. The defrag. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. So the uh, brownie uh, kind of straightens himself up, and he says, um, "So when you're ready." Kind of just looks at you all. <laughs> talk about talk about like just letting it hang in the air like that. <laughs> if you want my body, <laughs> sorry. Uh, all right. So yeah, I mean, we good. We Gucci, everyone. We're sad, Tin. Right. I'm sorry. Uh, let me look for that sad yeah. folder in my... Now, now, Tin, on your planet, what does Gucci mean? Is that sad? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but uh, Vasa sort of looks at the brownie and just, just means, just says, like, what, what are you, what's going to happen? What do you plan to do? I figure the best thing we can do now is take you back to the present and... I want to take you to where your friend Brummelstone is. You can pay your respects, and then from there, you're free to go where you want. Wait! <gasps> Enzo! Enzo, wait! Enzo. Enzo. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> wait, what? What is happening? What is happening? What is this? <gasps> is he playing a song? Oh, I'm not going to. I don't want to cry. 
You're not gonna cry, Megan. kind of focuses on the orb and there's the kind of this like real swift kind of glow and then there's kind of this quick flash and this like kind of like this brief burst of sand that it, uh, erupts from the orb which to Vasa in particular kind of is uh, reminiscent of the same sort of a uh, blast of sand that you saw that day um way back when you first went back in time on Obrimos and then the sand falls and seeps into the uh, into the world and then you're in the same spot there's a small city near you not too far away now and all of you are there except for Roberto where's no. Roberto I can't handle this my heart cannot handle this and no. where's Roberto and Can I see? Is the brownie here? Is the brownie? Yeah, he's still there. Uh, yeah. Vasa like turns to him and he's like, "You left one of us behind." No, he did. He didn't want to go. What do you mean he didn't want to go? I, we have we had a choice. Well, yeah, all of you had a choice. You, could, you control time. How could you not bring him? He didn't want to go. What's this? What did that matter in anything? What you, I, Why is he here? And, I, and she points to Gunther. And she points to Gunther. <laughs> that, well, that is actually I'm, a valid question. I didn't want to interrupt. But. Hold on, I guess. Well, hold on. Well, let's do this again. How many of you wanted to come to the present? How many of you... I don't understand. And he, he stopped and he goes, he wanted to stay with his brother. He's connected to his brother in the way that the rest of you aren't. 
there was Brummelstone wasn't was no longer where did you leave him is he back exactly in that field with the frozen time where did you put Roberto remember when I showed you the escapades of Brummelstone yes oh yeah Roberto was there I mean he was a summon thing but yeah I thought you guys understood that didn't you guys know Oh my god. I thought Pedro was just being confused when he had... No, I I think he was actually being confused, but he just worked it in very cleverly. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Oh, damn! Y'all so clever! (laughs) Shit! Shit! Damn! Ansel told me this a while ago. Damn! Oh my god. I I was like, Holy shit! I swear to God, I bet you can still hear me, even though you're (laughs) muted and you turned your thing off. I hate you so much right now. Like, he told me this like the day that like when Wesley did this, he was like, I'm not going to leave without Brummelstone. Sorry. Uh, All right. So, you know, uh, other shoe having dropped very heavily. Um, Voss's Mexican. Yeah, they're, they're that whatever. He's like. I, I don't understand, but it's something about the elemental. But did, but did, but Brummelstone, is he, did he still end the way that he, that we saw? Yeah, you saw everything, everything. Then, then where was Roberto? Where is Roberto now? He was there. Remember, we saw him. Is he not alive anymore? No. Well, where's his statue? Well, he's he's. Where's Roberto in this timeline? In this present? I'm really sorry. I, they're dead. Well, that's not well. I know where Brummelstone will be today. Where is Roberto? Wherever. And he looks up at like wherever Robertos go when they die. Would know? No, you're a forge from Cog. Yeah. Um, and then and then Vasa Vasa just thinks like you know, if if Roberta Roberta wouldn't leave Brummelstone, even if Brummelstone is 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 gone, we need to go to Brummelstone's grave. We have to look there first. Sure, I can I can take you there to say your goodbyes to Brummelstone. And then uh, Vasa would look to Ertleby and um, Tin and, and sort of like try to, I guess, source the team, see what the team thinks. Um, so Tin uh, is uh, not... <sighs> Tin's, you know, knowing I kind of like um, Tin was created for destruction, has seen destruction... But she hasn't really, um, before, uh, Nina had passed away, she had not known loss and grieving. And right now, uh, she is, like, almost, like, catatonic. She doesn't really know (sighs) what's going on. Um, she's kind of just, like, staring, like, blankly at, uh... 
like, I guess, the ground, and isn't really sure what to do. Um, her, her instincts are telling her to immediately go back to get, um, her Vorto, um, because I, yeah, to get back, to get, go back to both of them, but I don't know. I guess she would uh, Vasa, seeing that Tin is pretty unresponsive, uh, looks to Ertlebe to see how Ertlebe is. Ertlebe is, like, clutching her head and kind of pacing back and forth. And then, like, she looks kind of twitchy. And if the, like, if, like, Jean is close enough to hear, she's, like, kind of muttering to herself. Um, and what she's saying is, like, the nightmare. Am I still in the nightmare? Like, she's not sure if she's, like, actually escaped from the nightmares or not. Because, like, losing two party members in, like, rapid succession, along with everyone else, is, like, something that she, like, would have seen when she was trapped in the nightmare world. Um, and now it's coming real. And so she's not really, like like at a point where she's she's like making um good decisions or so it seems and then she kind of like snaps uh out of it and like stalks towards brownie Mm, and is like tilts his head is he with rumblestone reborto yes Oh, and he looks really like getting more and more uncomfortable and he's like, Roberto's dead. He's I, been I dead know, for- I know. Brummelstone is dead too, but Brummelstone turned to stone. Yeah, dwarves on Obrimos turn to stone when they die. Is Roberto with him? No, Roberto's dead. Now, maybe, maybe we're asking the spirit of Roberto may have passed on to another plane, but Perhaps Roberto's remains. Oh, I mean maybe. they are metal; they don't just fade away. Oh, maybe. Uh, we can go see. Just take us there. Take us to take us to Brummelstone. That was that's what I was gonna do. Do it now, please. Yeah, let's let's go. And he <clears throat> kind of shifts his shoulders and he says, I, now is definitely something I can do. <laughs> and um, he starts to walk. Uh, Vasa makes sure to step back and, and take Tin's hand to try to encourage her forward. So you begin the walk to Brummelstone with your new companions. The journey is far. You walk across. The journey is far. You walk across harsh deserts. Thick forests and rolling plains. You traverse a valley filled with two-headed cyclops and walk the edge of an ocean. You wander through a metropolis of monsters, a bustling city ruled by bugbears and goblins, where a creature wrapped in ceremonial bandages can be seen haggling with an enormous sphere, an eye with even more eye stalks emerging from the top of its skin-wrapped body. While the journey is indeed far, it only takes a moment. You're barely able to comprehend the passage of time when suddenly you find yourself in a wide field. 
All around you are spotted flowers, the shade of amethyst, as far as you can see. The field is covered in them. In the center, a figure. He stands defiant. His gaze is cast skyward. His beard is flowing back, his cloak nearly destroyed. He's leaning forward as if he's holding back the end of the world. In his hands is a staff, gnarled and twisted. He's made completely of hard obsidian. It's not till you get closer that you can see the look on his face, the determination, the acceptance, and the hint of a grin from under his beard. He's in the middle of the field, made completely of stone. You can see as soon as you get into this area that it's Brummel stone. You were able to walk what must have been half the surface of Obrimos in an instant. The brownie obviously wasn't able to teleport you, but because of his control of time, you were able to get there almost instantaneously. And the the journey is already like all of those events happening so fast, it's already starting to get jumbled and kind of mismatched in your minds, but you're already there. And you're going to come into this beautiful open field not too far away from him um, standing nearby frozen, locked down and half broken like a statue is Kilrum or I guess maybe Roberto, the broken body corroded and lifeless it stands on its fists moss growing in and out of it and underneath um, Brummelstone's body there's a plaque feel time start back up again and you are in the present now. And uh, the brownie kind of leaves you guys to your to your devices for a second. He kind of wanders off and he seems upset and he takes a seat in the middle of uh, some of the flowers. Yeah, I don't know what the other two's reactions would be, but I think it's one thing to be told one hour later after you step away from a certain reality that, oh, hey, the person you left behind died. And another thing to be told, like, oh, hey, he saved the world. It's a third thing to have the true gravity of what transpired take physical form in front of you. And I think it wasn't until she saw not only the statue of, of Bromo stone, but on top of that, the, the unexpected, you know, just revealed body of Roberto, the second cost that like something about that scene, no matter how beautiful, it just kind of like took Voss's breath away and just made her heart feel still in her chest. And she just doesn't have it in her for a really long time to move or to say anything. Uh, Erdelby would be standing there next to Vaza looking at this. Um, and then like clouds would start to draw overhead and like slowly more clouds would appear and, and rain would start to come down. Um, and she's cast um, call lightning like subconsciously, but the lightning strikes like 50 feet to the right, sort of outside of like, um, where the group is standing um, but it like it gets darker and darker and there's this crackle of light and the rain keeps pouring down overhead as she like 
just stares at their two bodies, her face like awash in grief. And then as the rain comes down, I think she'd start to like slowly kind of stagger towards um, Brummelstone with her hands out and like reach him and like put her hands on his face as it continues to pour. Yeah, and then you watch as it just kind of just runs down his face and it's almost, for a second, if if you allowed these thoughts to run through your mind, it's almost like he's grieving with you. Uh, Ertlebe, like, strokes her hands along his stone face um, and then wraps her arms around him and brings him into a tight, like, sape hug um, as rain continues to pour down and another strike of lightning um, happens in the distance and it's kind of getting loud almost in that like that way like white noise can fill your brain in like a moment of like panic there's just like a loud like white noise of just thunder and downpour um, and maybe she like seems to say something um, to the um, the stone Brummelstone, but no one can hear it because of the like the thunder noise. And then she's gonna she's gonna like sort of step back um, and look over to where Robordo is, um, and then like look behind her to Vasa and Tin and move her way over to Robordo's body too. And like whatever part that's like still standing, she'd like kind of stroke it, like, like his face, and hug it as well. Yeah, still raining. It's just, it's just a metal, broken, corroded husk. Without really consciously thinking about it, Vasa like starts stepping forward. Then um, she like you know makes her way to Brummelstone's statue first, um, and then as she draws close. You know, obviously, like, she slowly looks at him from this, like, from head to toe, just the person that she knew, you know, so full of life and and brilliance turned to a stone, uh, something of the past, something long gone. And then her eyes draw down to the plaque at his feet. And what does it say? He looked down at the plaque and it says simply Brummelstone, brother, teacher, walker of worlds. Mm-hmm. And then Vasa kind of nods, and then he, he, she looks back up into Brummelstone's stone eyes, and she's just, she's kind of at a, at a loss, because this was just, you know, it, it was a price that they were all willing to pay to save the world, to save the universe, or all the worlds, but she just always, in her heart of hearts, just thought they would pay it together. They wouldn't have to pay it on different sides like this. There's one bittersweet moment that you uh, appreciate. Brummelstone is totally the kind of person that would want the full extent of his legacy, but would be smart enough to make sure that he didn't leave behind his last name. Why? Because he's on his home world. He wouldn't want to leave behind that he was a Hammerstorm. Why? Because of what he did? What is... Well, because, you know, time travel and stuff like that. So the plaque doesn't say it's Brummelstone Hammerstorm. 
but he was always mentioning that he was a Hammerstorm member. Mm-hmm. But because it's his home world and stuff like that, he, he doesn't have to. Well, he, yeah, he he didn't want to risk oh. saying oh. that he was Brummelstone Hammerstorm. Oh, and thus create and like an anomaly of time and all that. Right. So you know, definitely Voss is in no condition to appreciate the like little okay. subtle intricacies yep. that Brummelstone would have at the last minute. Like, yeah, yeah. whatever. That's so well, Brummelstone. Like, he basically traveled, never leaving behind his last name. Yeah. No, but, so it um, might be something she thinks about later, but she's never gonna realize that. That's definitely a nuance okay. that would never like occur. <laughs> <laughs> no, never. Uh, okay. No, Vasa is a full like, just you know, it's like a combination of shock and and the shock of loss, a loss that technically happened you know almost a thousand years back, but is only just catching up to her, and like she's just she's just staring at Bromosan and she can't think of what to say. You know she. She thinks of the words that she said goodbye to Bromstone with, and they just feel so, so inadequate, so naive. Because in some ways, she, you know, she held back all the respect and and love that she had for him during that goodbye. Because I guess in some ways, she didn't really, truly accept that she was going to lose him. So now she suddenly feels all that hopelessness of the, everything she never got to say to him and, and 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 now here she is and he's gone and she looks over at Roberto who is also gone and, and you know the only thing that comes to mind when she can finally bring herself to look at Bromelstone again is just I'm sorry and I'm just so sorry and she says this very quietly to Bromelstone obviously she's not like announcing it to the heavens she's like I'm I'm so sorry. I couldn't stop Roberto. I couldn't protect him without you. I'm sorry you and your brother paid this price for us. I'm sorry for the times I've yelled at you. I'm sorry that you're... And she just kind of trails off. She just... She doesn't really know what to say. She, but, she, I mean, she's not she's not ready to go to Roberto yet, but she just feels like she just... owes so much... Un, owes so many unsaid things to Bramostone, and she finds herself kind of at a loss, unable to leave him because there's just so much left. So while Ertleby is, you know, hugging Roberto, Voss is just having this sort of like meeting far, far too late with her her partner, her leader, her shared leader, um, Brummelstone. Ertleby would, like, look over and see Tin, who's, like, in shock, and see Vasa um, talking to, to Brumblestone with just this, like, deep and immense sorrow and, like, regret. Like, like Vasa's not one who, like, shows a ton of emotion, but, like, in her eyes, this is what Ertleby sees. And her eyes, like, kind of narrow, and she, like, holds her head again. And, like, the lightning strikes, like, get more erratic. 
and like start getting closer to where the group is and she like starts like shaking her head like no I would say no. that it's it's the sudden like increase in frequency of the sharp no. lightning that's getting closer and closer that kind of snaps Vasa out of her like loop and she kind of looks around kind of realizes like oh crap like the rain is really really heavy and the rain wasn't here when we arrived and she kind of finally looks at Ertlebee and kind of understands and she, she like she, she moves quickly because now she has like you know oh that's right I have to I have to take care of the team that is here. And she goes down and she just like immediately um, kneels down and just hugs Ertlebee. She's like, grandmother, grandmother, it's okay, it's okay. Ertlebee, like there's like like one more crack of lightning that's like really close to them, really loud. And like then Ertlebee kind of shakes a little bit out of it and returns the embrace like very tightly. Um, holding Vasa sort of in between Roberto and Rumblestone's bodies in in the pouring rain. This is so beautiful. Tin, uh, she, um, she, she's feeling like too many emotions to understand quite everything, process everything that's going on, but, um, it's, uh, guilt and sadness and uh grief mourning and and um and in herself she she um finally finds the thing is um that she's she's actually too afraid to approach um the statues um but because she can't seem to process yet that they've left, but she does see Vasa and Ertlebee and um, in the rain, and um, she just, I guess, upon instinct or whatever, um, she gets closer to them and uh, unclasps her cloak and drapes it over the both of them as best as she can, and then. Um, also hugs them. I would say Vasa definitely adjusts the hug so that they're just sort of huddled together at this point, trying to support each other in their mutual grief. Gunther kind of watches, uh, you know, and gives up the space because he understands, like, this is not his moment to be in there. But as they're not, as they're not, like, paying attention to him, he walks up to uh, Rumblestone's statue and he looks at it and he says thank you for your story thank you for what you did a lot more stories can be told because of it and he runs his hand over it and both to uh, Rumblestone and um, he goes up and he does the same to Rivordos afterwards and he casts just like bless knowing that it's not going to do anything but in my mind he kind of whispers into his hand as like light blue magic comes and the statue shines just a little bit more and he does the same to Robordos and he knows Robordos like passed as a ranger so he's careful not to brush aside any of the nature that has grown around Robordo out of respect and uh, he does the same and he kind of waits patiently nearby 
you know, giving them everyone their space. Well, when you when you wander off and you kind of give them the space, right? The brownie walks up to you, and he has this kind of heavy sigh, and he says, "You know, I can fix all this, and this is what I'm struggling with." Is you're not really sure why he's talking to you, but maybe he doesn't have anyone else to talk to. And he says, when I was given this orb, I was given this orb because everybody knew I would never use it. And I have never, ever used this orb until now. And now I'm not sure what to do. Because I'm using the orb to break your friend's timelines. And... I'm breaking their timelines and I'm allowing all this stuff to change. Like, by allowing your friend to alter time, all these worlds are going to be affected. But, I just don't know what the right thing to do is. You know, sometimes there is no right thing to do. There's just the best option that you can do. And I think everybody here is doing their best. Well, it's just hard because if I allow him to do what he's doing, it means he goes and he changes like a whole bunch of worlds. He changes like, I'm supposed to protect this world from time. And he goes and he changes like at least seven worlds. Oh, six. I don't remember exactly how many. I think at least six worlds. Maybe that's exactly what they were supposed to do. Maybe that's how time should fall out. But it's not. I know it's not how it works. But if I go back and fix it, then I'm using the orb in a different way. But look, and he, he kind of points to the rest of the world walkers, and he's like, they wouldn't be suffering anymore when their friends would be back. Either way, I'm using the orb. But, you know, as far as I can tell, all the stuff they did since they came together doesn't happen. So either way, time's changed. Like, they'll remember it. It happened for them. But it never happened for anyone outside of them. You're outside of this whole situation. What do you think I should do? I can't ask him any points to like. He's like, he's too serious and too grumpy. I know I've been stuck with a few people like that before. I, I mean, I saw the story he told. I saw the story that was laid out before him and that he fulfilled, that they fulfilled. A story that good? Seems like that's worth being told. Story that good, that noble? Seems like it's worth keeping around. Doesn't seem like it's worth taking it all back, letting those nightmare things come around. I never saw them, but they seemed a trite scared of them. I guess so. I mean... But you know, Rolanus is gone now. Is it worth it for that? Yeah. <laughs> Mm, 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 mm. 
my uh and then my he kind of like he shows you and he's like well like and he kind of like um takes the orb and he um some sand kind of falls out of it and then it starts to build up a little bit and he's like I can show you and he you see this vision of these um they're just made of sand so you don't get a really great looking description but it's a group of people there's a cute little like a mouse folk there's a human there's two bears like two like like a bearkin like one like reasonably sized one and like more of a gruff one um a couple other people and he's like they're wandering around trying to rebuild that world like altering time made that whole world fall apart like they've got to find a way to rebuild it is that worth it you said this you said this brummelstone affected six or seven other worlds Mm-hmm. Now, if he didn't do all this, my understanding is the nightmares might have won and consumed all the worlds. Well, I don't know. In theory, I don't. I don't know. I could tamper with a lot of stuff, but I, I could send them all back to where they never went inside the tower. They could start all over again. That's not them... a call I can make for them. Well, I mean, I could make it for them. I guess. Like, what if they started right back in front of the tower? You would have to ask them. That's not a call I can make. I think they'd be really mad at me. I think they would. Might murder you, actually. So. Yeah, don't bring that up. Okay, done deal. I... It's a lot harder than I thought it would be. He just puts his hands in his pocket. I should probably leave you guys to your grief. Um, is he making his way to leave at all? Yeah, he's getting ready to leave. Uh, Tin, there's something that kind of clicks in the back of Tin's mind, and she, um, leaves Vasa and Ertlebe for a moment, um, like, with her cloak, um, and makes her way over to, uh, Brownie. Um, and... The one thing that she's curious about, I guess, is, like, um, where's Tompkins in this world, or in this time? And he turns around. What's, uh, sorry, what are you asking me? Where's, where's Tompkins? Tompkins, let me, do you mind if I look for him for a second? Mm-hmm. And he kind of, like stops and he looks into the orb and he lets like sand fall out and he's kind of shifting through it on the ground like he's on his hands and knees and he's searching and stuff and he goes Tompkins and he looks up do you mean the architect? yes that is one way people knew him he lives in Mercurius yeah yeah he's the architect he uh he yeah he he's the architect of Mercurius um there's like It's a dream, th- sorry. It's a it's a, a dream city that No, I know what it oh. is. I'm oh. familiar. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm not. I'm actually that's a little more interesting. Can I have some details? It's a story for another time, Gunther. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> there's like something uh I guess that 
just kind of just a tiny spark within Tin that um, a slight bit of hope in the sense of um, within such a short time they've lost, you know, um, I like they've lost uh, three members of their party. I um, with Tompkins, even though uh, he. Uh, had his faults. Um, there were just. There's something about, like, losing Brummelstone, then Roborto, and then knowing that Tompkins is also lost um, to them, at least in that previous time. But knowing that he's alive, um, there's something within Tin that's just like, she wants to go see him. But. Mm-hmm. And it does kind of click in you that, like, you know, last time you saw him, 900 years ago, and he's still alive. What is, what happened, what is the fate of Nina? And he says, oh, well, she's, she's alive now. since you guys sort of never went to Cog. Yeah, Tin's starting to realize that um, with it being so far in the past that Brummelstone might like actions on Brummelstone's part um, might have shaped again our worlds that the timelines that we are in now like those stories are or timelines are something that only we lived through like we are the remaining guardians of those stories um in those times so tin um i don't know how you take this on your world but on obrimos like you should never feel like because those things didn't happen that they never happened I don't know how you all will process those events on your worlds, but it's really important that you don't, I don't know, it's, it's, it's difficult, but don't, I know Brimos, we understand that, that that's just one of our sayings, like just because it didn't happen doesn't mean it never happened. Excuse me. And then Tin turns to walk back to Ertleby and Vasa. Um, and I think she's she's slightly worried about like uh, the sturdiness of her uh, her human companions in the sense of this rain. And um, she, yeah, she's like. It's just like, and also just like, uh, uh, <laughs> I was going to say it's rain on a tin roof. It's just, you hear ding, 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 ding of her. But, um, she, there's these things that like, I think, uh, n- knowing that now, I guess it just didn't, it didn't sink in. Like all she was really processing was, um, companions that she had fought with for, uh, for, you know, months um years <laughs> in uh, an eternity really um is that they're they're gone um 
but uh, and like you know she had heard the ramifications of the the bigger other picture of what had happened but still again like slowly starting to understand that there's many things that in this timeline really are um could be different um and i think it's or she thinks it's something that i don't know she she uh all she can say is like she kneels next to Earl B. and Vasa and um says like uh that uh just like Tompkins still lives Tompkins is in Mercurius um Nina is alive um who knows within all of our worlds what now is is occurring um I, I, she she doesn't really know what to say other than just like present that information I guess and it's like um that's that's it that's like that's literally that's all she can say is just like Nina is alive um and uh she just waits to see if anyone responds or does anything or it'll be like still holding Vasa like would open like one eye big and like look at a tin and be like Tompkins Mercurius would they know about the nightmares that still live. And then like the, the rain like isn't stopping, but it's like, it's definitely calmed down. It's like still raining and it's not drizzling, but it's not thundering. Um, Or it'll be with like slowly unclamp from Vasa. Um, And then say, I don't want to leave this spot until I feel a proper monument exists for our fallen friends. I also don't want to leave a single nightmare alive on this, this timeline, on any world. And I think Tompkins might be someone to talk to about this. Uh, Tin, uh, Tin, Tin agrees that, uh, or she, she nods slowly because in her mind she realizes that, um, in the grand scheme of things, it's like, uh, how in this timeline such disaster was nearly avoided and, and, uh, that it is so much safer, but to them, the nightmares have left a irrevocable uh, mark on them as people. Um, and in some way, she too, um, not she ever liked the nightmares, but in, she, she too can feel like um, that for her, the fight with the nightmares is not over because she wants revenge. 
typical soldiers coming back from war and don't know how to stop being soldiers. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, um, the brownie says, well, I mean, I have plenty of time, I guess, but I would like to leave you to your, your plans. Um, I have a lot to think about and, there's no point in bothering all of you with it, so... He kind of closes his hand around the orb and he's... Brownie! Hmm. Vasa, um, she just speaks up sharply. And then she, when she turns around, she she looks at this brownie with just, you know... Just such a heaviness in her eyes, but also, like, a fierceness. And she says, You will not... Promise me you will not unmake what Bromo Stone has built. I won't. And it looks like it was really hard for him to say that. But once he says it, it looks like he means it. And then and Vasa just kind of nods and she says, thank you. Even though it's, there's like so much grief in that, in that gratitude. And then him and like just kind of like they turn to sand that just catches in the breeze and they're gone you're just kind of left with the moment what a bummer (laughs) the rain still kind of falls like I said not as heavy as it was before but definitely it's still there it still lingers um, you're still kind of left with it. And then another moment later, and you hear a... Vasa looks around for the sound source. It's kind of like... Is that Is it a, a fart? turtle? It's more like a... Um, piece of metal. Uh, yeah. Ruby would turn to look at Roberto. Is anything happening there? Boss is looking for turtles. No, it's motionless. <laughs> Megan's like, who Tins, farted? Yeah, Tin's wondering who's farting. <laughs> well, is it something like, like a little bit of metal stuff. grinding? Tin wonders if she can suddenly fart. <laughs> Dreams could come true, I suppose. Is there anything going on with Roberto? Corpse. When you... It's like totally still. Uh, Ertlebee would like put her ear to the ground to try and figure out where things are coming from. Also, now she's going to listen. Oh. Hey, is somebody there? (laughs) I don't think turtles can talk. (laughs) I'm on my world. They can Maybe it's bots. Who is that? They're saying Vassal uses her passive perception of 15 or above. You heard something, definitely. Well, yeah, but like passive more. Oh, she's going to use, can she roll for investigation? Sure. Damn it, I think I need my dice. So, investigation plus eight. I got an 11. Vasa's really fixated on those turtles. Wow. (laughs) 
uh, the rain is not coming down as hard. Ertleby is laying off because she's confused. And uh, she's like, oh, shit. What up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you can hear the, um, the voice coming from Roberto. <gasps> oh, shit. What up? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, my God. Lasta starts, like, <laughs> kicking the arm, being like, Roberto, are you trapped in there? Roberto, is that you? Yes! You can see the mouth moving. Like the. the, the, the <laughs> oh like, my god! Nothing oh else is... can move, but the mouth can move. Roborto, how do we. Ertleby's already are you, digging. Ertleby has like turned into an animal oh, and is really? digging. Robordo, are you gonna fall apart? Roborto! My. my bu- Yo, what up? Roborto! Uh, what up? Just, like clumps the like, rusty head. Roberto, <laughs> you alive son of a bitch! Tin, uh, Tin is uh, kicking Roberto's shins. Ertleby, in like, like dog form, is like really making good progress, digging one part of him out. Like Tin is saying, Vasa is like flailing. covering Roberto's head with her hug, and she actually like a few tears drop on his head, and she says like, "If you tell anybody, I'm gonna kill you again." And then she like, continues hugging him tighter. Tin is windmealing her arms frantically still kicking uh, I'm, I'm sorry guys I had to wait for uh, the Bramley to leave um, he I wasn't sure if he was going to send me back or anything um, Mortal, oh my god how do we how do we are you okay how do we get um, you get you up are you uh, Ertleby's doing an awesome job as a dog digging him out <laughs> She's you're um, welcome Ertleby, you, you you that's probably for not um I've been here for, I've been waiting for you guys for a long long Roberto. long time I've been I've been here a hun- hundreds of, I don't even know how long it's been I was wondering when you would show up. I mean, I don't have a calendar or sorry anything. Sorry it took us so long. I'm sorry. Uh, we didn't. No, no. Why did you leave without us? Why didn't you tell I, us you were going back? I mean, I did, kind of. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you sang a song. Like, literally the opposite of telling us what you were going to do. I mean, He did I mean, sing a song. It was pretty good. I was there. It was very good. Aw, well, thank you. Um, he went still cussing. <laughs> youngest to the oldest <laughs> member of the party in one what one house? episode. Yeah, he was like two. Now he's two thousand. No. Uh, Roberto, how do we how do we get you up? Do um, I need to take your head off your body? Like, how do we do this? Uh, half my, of him is free now, thanks to my, Dog Ertleby. <laughs> oh, thank you, Ertleby. No, he's not buried this. in there. His body is corroded and and just locked. Yeah. All right, well, he was um, a little buried because she's been digging for, like, five minutes. <laughs> so even if it was, if like, two centimeters. Do, do we grease um, you back up? Like, what do we... No, what are we... This you, body... You need a new metal body, don't you? Yeah, this body is, is broken. It's just too... It's too... It's too broken down. I mean, I can't... I can't move anything. I've just been here too long. Um, we don't have the the magic to to move you. You don't, but I do know where you can take me. Um, and by me, I mean, like, this body by itself is, it's kind of super superfluous. Like, what you need to ex- extract from a body is my elemental stone. Um, so, it's, yeah, Gunther remembers the ceremony that Promosome did to merge them. And so, yeah. Yeah, so the elemental stone previously, you had, it, you had merged it all together, right? Like, 
Yeah. Was it like in his chest? Uh, or sure. did it combine completely? It's somewhere in my chest, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Like Alphonse's little sigil. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, so you're going to have to... Uh, I know it's kind of it's going to be kind of gruesome, but you're going to have to dig it out of me. And take oh, grandmother, already- grandmother, did you hear that? <laughs> there's already like started. No, you're going to have like it's you're looking at his body and it's metal. You're going to have to shatter his body. No, we'll just send us Ertl squeak inside the crevices and she'll dig it out. Well, but it's like magically sealed and like it's embedded in the armor. You're going to you, oh, we'll you, break a crack in it and then she can go in through the crack. We don't literally crumble him to pieces. I mean, well, I'm not really this, like married to this body. So yeah. You can, can you just open your Roberto, just open your mouth. Ertl squeak. You I, can fit in there. Gunther, Gunther <laughs> finally decides to take charge and pulls out his mace, and he goes, "I got this." Whoa, and he whoa, starts whoa. To smashing Back the fuck into. Up. You're new. I will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Ertl Dog is like growling at, at the man with the mace. <laughs> like, turns suddenly from digging up the like one centimeter of dirt she's been digging. Like, it's just like action packed geriatric dog that yeah. sort of slows her down. <laughs> like, like montage music this, like, playing. Scene of just like. Because they're like whacking at it and like this little like chihuahua pulling on him. <laughs> whoa, 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 Nobody says we have to resort to that. Roborto, uh, we can Roborto get it just, out. Roborto just said you did. No, what it's, is it's, worth saving here? It's totally This is cool. a metal body. It's, it's still a matter of respect. I oh, mean, no, like, you know, you can said, just, I mean, this is going to sound weird, but disrespect my body like as much as you can. <laughs> Objectify me. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't, I don't mind at all because um, you're gonna have to take me to my birthplace. Well, Roberto, um, will you be able to talk once your 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 elemental stone is out of this body? Um, yeah, you, you know. guys did it in the tower, didn't yeah. you? Oh yeah. No, yes. that was through Brummelstone. But he was right? he was just no. wind. He wasn't even a stone. Or, he was just wind. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah Rumblestone yeah. had to carry the stone out so that he could talk as wind. Yeah, and he could do the wind stuff. Yeah, yeah. Go do the go do the wind thing. <laughs> well, he's got to get out of the body. But you'll so- be able to, uh, Roberto. Like, if they found an elemental stone on Obrimos, no. But since you are, since you've been born, yes. Like a normal elemental stone, no. But you, yes. Since you've been through the ceremony and everything, you've been born. Your charged yeah. battery. Got it. <laughs> no, he's a, he's a person. <laughs> no, charged battery. I got it. <laughs> That's his external hard drive. We got to pull it out Roberto, of the old open computer. Open your mouth. We'll send Ertl squeak down you. I mean, I mean, you can, but I'm not. Sh- I'll, I'll sure. And I op- Borbonto opens his mouth. Ertl okay. B tries to go in. <laughs> all right, so <laughs> all right, so uh, a dog uh, seamlessly animorphed yeah. into Erdo's a mouse. Climbs into his mouth, you know, to respect him, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I respect him. Right. She like she wipes uh, her little feet at the at the at the yeah. neck. Reverse first. deep throats him respectfully. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it, it seems a lot nicer just to smash right. his body up. <laughs> it digs around, and that's uh, when you find the uh, the uh, the elemental stone has been forged and ingrained into the chest. Uh, she starts scratching around the outside to try and yep. break it up. So you, yeah, you take your, your Ertl squeak nails and start digging into the metal. Does it work? 
No, God, no, it's metal. Uh, tin is <laughs> uh, uh, well, tin just, is metal. Um, tin, tin just like yes, switches guys. out of hand and gets like a, ch- a saw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ricking like Inspector um, Gadgets her arm. Right. Yeah. Uh, tin, okay. Um. Go, go, Gadget, do sex mocking him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ertleby's going to emerge respectfully from the mouth. That new. Um, do a little tumble into her, like, her, like, like, uh, goth Ertle form, her normal form. And, yeah. uh. Ertle goth. Ertle goth. Um, she's like, <laughs> okay, maybe we do need to smash him. Uh, so Tin so says uh, she holds her hand up in front of uh, Roberto's chest uh, and is like where where exactly is it grandma and Ert will be using the stuff she learned in that very useful exercise um, <laughs> of respect would explicitly <laughs> tell <laughs> Tin where to go so as to Avoid possibly damaging. The Obtaining stone. consent, she places her palm. <laughs> you guys, if you had really respected him, you would have gone up his butthole. Right. I mean, that would have been that would have been what he wanted. This dude becomes. <laughs> um, so, t- uh, Tin's just gonna like, uh, like aren't like hand, not like punch through because she doesn't want to hurt the stone but she definitely like is it like a hand sized thing or it can it, it can fit in your hand or is it like pretty big like the elemental stone yeah um it's like a fist sized like okay so tin's gonna she's just like she's gonna pull back uh and make to Punch through the front to grab the stone. You could try to punch through the metal. Yeah, just, just fucking Kalima that shit. Just yeah, yeah, like literally, just like rips. <laughs> no, it's almost gotta, like ripping out aggressive grades of yeah. disrespect. <laughs> they're still like, I think it would have been more respectful just to bash him. <laughs> no, no, no. We must try to this way. But this way is like th- this is Tin's way of thinking. It's like we'll leave this body um, as somewhat of a yeah. Like and, I mean, just because he's alive doesn't mean that he didn't sacrifice everything to be here he deserves his own monument i guess give me a strength give me a strength check to see if you can punch through solid metal can i lay my hand on tin and channel my chi and just like give her support (laughs) is gonna be standing next to him be like tin you said it's strength check or yeah yeah, to punch through solid metal. Oh, she said uh, she got a nineteen, but with her plus three, so it's a twenty, uh, twenty-two. And then you're like, nope. No, I, I, I'd, almost, I'd considered it on a crit, but <laughs> no. So she just her hand with respect. <laughs> Respectfully shatters several fingers. Or <laughs> <Yeah>. Roberto. <laughs> Tid is like, God, even like outside of Rolanus, I can't do anything with it. Well, it's like a metal elemental, so. Well, can we melt just this area of the metal? Possibly, yeah. Well, let's try that. We only need 
a specific area of him, the rest we can leave behind. I can heat metal. But can you, you melt metal? Heat the metal and I'll punch through it. Okay. Okay, that's so the plan. <laughs> Fuck him up. Ertlebe heats the metal, avoiding the spot where his soul is. She heats it okay. with heat metal. Um, Tins. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's heated. And, and then, it's, yeah, okay. So Tin's gonna try. Ow, ow. Punching through it again. Ow. Which is it actually hurt you? No, I'm just kidding. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tin, Tin's lucky. <laughs> she really wants to punch this. She kind of like does that fake out where she's like warming up her shot. Like the fist pauses right above it, just like she pulls back. She's just aiming. Yeah. It's metal. Yeah, she's like, she's heated. doing that thing where she like takes a breath. Yeah, it's like, she like. okay um she gets a i rolled a 16 so she it'd be a 19 in total yeah if if erdlby spends the full minute heating the metal it's heated yeah yeah super heated yep so yeah you do punch right through it and you're able to secure the elemental stone yes (laughs) i like how this goes from like guys respectfully to like Boom! High school fucking kegger! And then and the boss is like, see that, bro? The boss is like, so sick. Go ten, but then like quiet, quickly strokes the board of his head, being like, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Shh, my baby, my baby. Actually, so Tin will Tin has like the elemental stone and she kind of makes to pet it, but it's like a very round motion that goes over the stone. <laughs> 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 My little pumpkin spice. I mean, you're doing that. You're doing that respectfully, though, right? <laughs> right. Yes, right. Respectfully. Vasa, uh, Vasa's respect. like Vasa's like here. Um, pass, pass Roberto here. Uh, she, she like, she like first. Um, obviously, like I think she already has gloves on. Yeah, she has already has gloves on. So here, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of him. So the moment you're out, this is the first time you have felt free, like Rita Repulsa style in like 10,000 years, right? Like you can, you feel like the winds kind of accept you again for the first time. And you, you almost just feel like you're one with Obrimos again and just, and yeah. <laughs> the curse has been lifted. No, like, because I mean, like, you know, when when you when you and Brummelstone fought the Tarask and brought it down, the moment that battle ended, you and Brummelstone knew this day would come, and you knew that you had to essentially shut down and hope that the the brownie believed that you two were intricately linked and that the brownie treated you like a summon. And so you basically just collapsed and you just basically waited there, believing, hoping that one day the world walkers would come back and find you. The longest possum game. Yeah. And so (laughs) you basically sat there and never moved. Like you just kind of released, you unanchored your elemental spirit from your body. He's he's Hachiko. Hachi. Hachiko. Wait, Wait, so Hachiko, so a to dog? me, sounds different than whatever a Chico is to you guys. Hachiko, the dog, the Japanese dog who waited every no, day at the train station no, for his, no, his owner no. that died somewhere on the business no. trip and just never came. Oh, I thought you called him a Chico. I was like, what the fuck, guys? Hey, boy. Whoa, like, what's up, Chico? I was like, that means something different in Spanish, I guess? What are you guys saying? Hachiko. <laughs> yeah. no, oh my god. That's the, dog that, um, the dog from Free Tarama was based on. 
Yeah. Like uh, what was his name? Smeagol or something? Seymour. 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 He's precious to me. <laughs> no, yeah. not Hachiko. No. Yeah, Vasa. Uh, Vasa chooses to hold on to Roberto Stone not only because, you know, she she feels as if there's a ray of redemption um, that you know she just she knows that she promised Bromo Stone that she would take care of Roberto, so she she wants to be the one to take care of him. But also she knows that like Megan, I mean that Tin got like pickpocketed three times in that <laughs> so really Tin should be the last person to hold on to this, and then you know. Erdelby's a little bit scattered, so this is this is just so really ridiculous. the only one. <laughs> so she like she tucks um she tucks the elemental stone basically in like her most secure pockets of pockets. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, like, you're blind, Roberto. Oh um wait can oh but can you still hear me? Is it muffled or anything like? It's like you're kidnapped. Oh okay. <laughs> Well, you guys, and thank you so much for coming back to me. Really, like, Why do you I sound knew, like that? I'm in the bed. Inside a pouch. And then Vasa takes out. She's like, "Are you serious? You're, you're wind. Why are you? Why does it matter if I put you in there or not?" He's tied to the stone. Magic. Well, Roberto, I can't just have you out in the open. People see. You're really fucking this up for us, Roberto. <laughs> you know. Not to be disrespectful of the <laughs> man you just crawled into and ripped heart out of, but I got a free hand. I can carry him. No. <laughs> um, Vasa, Vasa. I didn't think it would work, but you know, whatever. Oh, I know no one can see on the podcast with the look on Jade's face. Yeah, I wanted yeah. a gift so no. bad. It was so good. There was like a neck movement that was and everything. Just it was, yeah, it was uh vasa she's like fine 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 and she like takes out her backpack and she finds this like loose rope and everything and she like double finds the rope tompkins now what how you know how it feels <laughs> she like double twines the rope triple ties it makes sure it's a very strong thread but a thin thread and then she like loops it several times around this rope this, uh, the stone basically creating a pendant that's very locked and secured like it's basically a pendant in a net at this point right it's got this little fishnet things to look through, uh, but it's otherwise secure. And she like fattens, fastens it around her neck. And she's like, how's that? Oh, that is great. Thank you. We upside down. Oh. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are all upside down. <laughs> oh, my God. But no, I um, I really, I was, I'm so happy. Like, thank you so much. Um, I knew you would come back. I knew. Lots it. of hugs and muffles, Enzo. <laughs> Roberto. <laughs> Uh, Tin, Tin goes up and, like, just keep poking at the thing, like, like, don't you ever do that to us again! Whoa, whoa, Tin, Tin, I'm, I'm behind the stone, just careful, careful how much, how hard you poke. <laughs> I'm sorry, um, I had to. I know, Roberto. Thank you for coming I just back. wish you would have told us first. I mean, I kind of did. No, like, he, I'm sorry. Did. <laughs> he, he did sing a song. <laughs> <laughs> that was when I was telling you. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, um, uh, you're going to have to, if you want, if you want, if you would like to help me reconstitute myself, um, you're going to have to take me to my birthplace on Obrimos, which is the land of Meltisir. Um. You will. Thank you. And with that, you guys, um, with, you know, 
Roberto's sort of leading the way, at least vocally. Uh, you b- begin to. I'm make not your ready way. to leave Brummelstone. Oh, sorry. Shit. All right, cool. Um, you know what? It's not like, and, hey, Roberto's alive. Fuck you, Brummelstone. We're going to go. And with that, you guys realize that you probably at least need to uh, maybe bed down for the night, set up a campsite, maybe talk things out. And uh, no, or we could keep playing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Because we're going to sing. Um, we're going to. OK, so so basically they set up camp and they set up camp around Brummelstone's statue. And like in some way they find a way to like turn the grief of losing him, just including him in one last campsite. And like they set a fire. Vasa like Aww. pulls out like an empty, empty tankard and like sets it down next to Brummelstone's feet as if they're sharing a drink. And they just they're just going to have a night of just telling the tale of Brummelstone through all their experiences that led them to this point. Thanks for listening to Season 3, Episode 40, Brothers. With the season finale comes the end of the Search for Stardust story arc. And with that comes the end of World Walkers as you know it. Vasa, Brummelstone, Tiny Tin, Roberto, and Ertleby were brought together in the tavern at the end of dreams to search for seven shards of a dream island which, once brought together, would allow the dreaming tree to flourish once more. However, their adventures through time have altered the events of the universe considerably. Now, the world walkers consider their mission complete. While the nightmares will always be their eternal enemies, they consider their quest to be finished, and now look forward to simpler adventures across the multiverse. The next episode will be an epilogue, an ode to Brummelstone. It's the fabled musical episode made possible by the members of our Patreon. So what lies ahead for the World Walkers universe, you may ask? The nightmares are still out there, lurking in the dreams of all those who sleep. And what about Torment? Join us in Season 4, coming soon, as we follow the Dreamwalkers, the series of guilds that Brummelstone established throughout the universe that are dedicated to driving back the nightmares and learning what their motivations are now that the Dreaming Tree is seemingly untouchable. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at WorldWalkersPod, check us out at WorldWalkersPodcast.com, or keep up with us at Patreon.com WorldWalkers for more information on Season 4. I want to thank Kevin McLeod, whose website, Incompetech.com, is where a lot of the music from this episode comes from. I want to thank Josh Woodward and Alexander Nakarada for their music as well. You can find Josh's music at joshwoodward.com, and you can find Alexander's music at freepd.com. I also want to thank Sirenscape for providing sound effects. You can find them at sirenscape.com. Like me, or do I sound like forty-five pounds heavier? Me, <laughs> we were. <laughs> <laughs> you asking me, like, Nutty Professor Jane? Is that what you're asking? <laughs> Jane, what? I really well, admire the dedication of wearing a fat suit <laughs> to the game, <laughs> but you know it's a podcast, right? <laughs> like, no one can see you. Right? This is method acting. <laughs> You guys don't understand. It's really deep here.
Anyways, welcome to World Walkers. Uh, that was a sincere question. a very sensitive and morose episode. That was a sincere question. No, we were talking earlier about how you kind of sounded like your voice was, uh, like, deeper. Exactly. Like, and do I still sound that way? It's yeah, a, it is slightly uh, deeper. Okay, yeah. well, let me let me just uh, reset. Like, yourself or the computer? <laughs> yes. I've, 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 I Hold on, change rebooting. <laughs> the drivers that we're fixing is her, her brain drivers. Jane, you're muted. We can't hear you. Oh, I heard. I saw. I just saw her. I saw her face. Her mouth moving. And we just talked about this. <laughs> okay. How about now? Yeah. Okay. Good. Yay. Yeah. I got. I just you know went for a run. Just shut all that weight. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that's a, that's a joke you make in the um in the most recent episode where you're like uh uh. The, you're you're falling off the platform, and um, Megan is like legitimately freaking. She's like, no, 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 I can catch you, I can catch you. Please don't, don't do this, don't do this. And you're like, oh, so there's lost some pounds. Like you're like you're not taking it seriously at all. <laughs> <laughs> and like Megan's like having like, a panic attack. It's you crazy. guys, yeah, no, it's amazing. This podcast oh. gives me anxiety like none other. So fun times. <laughs> It's funny because we do this uh, little 10 second thing uh, with the other podcast. My brother can't keep a straight face. So we do like multiple tries at 10 seconds while he fucking starts laughing off like the goddamn Riddler. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> it's like, it's a really good clown laugh you got there. It's, oh, like, it's fucking ridiculous. We could just figure do, like, this a, out, Batman. Yeah, he's just like, oh, be this. <laughs> it's, I forgot Riddler's phrase. Oh. <laughs> Does he have? <laughs> yeah, it's riddle me this, and Wes is like, figure try to cry, you figure this out. <laughs> it's Walgreens Riddler. It's Discount Riddler. I've got a puzzle for you. <laughs> Quandary. <laughs> An enigma. <laughs> Which is actually, it would be a closer guess than his, because his name is like, oh yeah, Edward E. Enigma. Yeah. Oh, is it really? Yeah, so Megan got closer than Wes. It was like, figure it out, fucker. <laughs> you like the Dollar General Riddler. <laughs> You're not the normal guy. Oh, yeah. Edward's out for the day. Yeah. <laughs> like, Mr. Enigma had a personal dilemma. Figs McGee has a question for you. Figure it out. <laughs> That's his drawstring. That's what it says. All right. So, anyways, the group is in mourning. Uh, and oh, almost dead. Yeah, he's dead. Oh, uh, oh shit! I was genuinely emotional when when Basa was trying to like was lost, had lost both Roberto and Brummelstone. I was like, oh my god, you had some fuck. like like you had some like major great rp moments there like i was freaking oh, so sad i was so sad I, was... I heard tears in your voice megan <laughs> no i heard you i heard your voice catch nope i did not i mean you'll never know <laughs> you'll never know like, classic like and she just ah! <laughs> Just, <laughs> I was like, ah, there you go, Megan. Oh, like, see. no, I, I just, ah, <laughs> uh, like, I really did shut down because I was like, literally 
so many people we've lost. It's just all depressing. And I, I just didn't, I didn't know what to say. So well, I think like I wanted Tin to have a moment where she like literally couldn't comprehend mm-hmm. the. I think yeah. people will be glad to hear that you asked about Tompkins because like the listeners are so sad that you hate him so much. At least where <laughs> we're at in the podcast. They're like, why does Megan Aww. hate Tompkins so much? Oh, I'm glad they focus specifically on Megan. So. Well, because they, they're not, they haven't caught up yet. So oh. they're only on floor two. Of, of what? <laughs> Wait, what? Of Ozen Tower. Why do I hate Tompkins in the, the first? Because season? he won't Why solve I... the puzzles for you. Oh, oh right. yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. they're about to hear. Because on they, on floor two is when you snap. And you're like, he just, he's so fucking useless. He is so <laughs> oh, worthless. Wow. Like, like, I'm going to say something that, it, and I, I can't say it. And I'm like, what? It's just no, because it's gonna hurt people's feelings, and I don't want to do that. Oh yeah, I remember saying that. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but fuck it, he—he's just an NPC. Oh yeah, Ooh, yeah. And wow. if he's the one that dies, like, why would I give a shit? Because fuck him. <laughs> oh damn, man! <Megan>. said <laughs> some cold words. That is fucking. <laughs> yeah, well, then it, I had and to then say it gets, to And him. then it gets worse. <laughs> It gets worse. Yo, that's in that's in that 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 is out now. It gets way worse in the in uh, next week's episode when she's like, he's fucking worthless. He can't do anything. Like, why is he here? And Wes is like, because he's the the one that guides us and tells us where to go. And he's like, why we have a story? And Megan's like, I don't give a shit. (laughs) Oh my god. I tried to point Tompkins. Megan. Uh, yeah, listen, Ozen Tower <laughs> brought out said that the about worst. Tompkins. Ozen Tower brought out the worst in me, okay? I just...